Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 78, Mischiva and the Seven Stone Sisters. I'm Maria Calancini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. And Goop Tales is a place where we help you get off of the screen and into your imagination. So if you're listening and then you're new, I just wanted to put out this message that I've put out before again. I really believe in the power of imagination and that we can travel anywhere we want at any time in our mind. So what I do is I take real places in this amazing universe of ours, take you on a journey with some description, and then I leave the rest up to your imagination. So today, we are going to go to Ireland to Blarney Castle, which holds the Blarney Stone. This is a place I've been. I went there many years ago and I did kiss the Blarney Stone because legend says that if you kiss the Blarney Stone, that you will have eloquent speech and you will speak very, very well. So I wanted to do that. I took a different twist on it in today's story, which I think you're gonna like. I hope you're gonna like. A little bit different, we're going into the gardens around the castle of the, um, around Blarney Castle. There is a big druid circle there of seven stones. So this story is based around that. So let's see, let's first of all, give thanks to Karina. Karina was the listener who gave me the idea for Mischiva. And Karina wrote, Mischiva would go to Ireland to battle with Vikings or go to Scotland to face the Loch Ness Monster. If she went to Scotland, it could start by her playing tricks on a turtle and a pony could help her. So Karina, although we did not go to Scotland, I went to Ireland. There's no Vikings in this story, but there are some very mysterious stones. I hope that you don't mind the creative license that I took with your idea, but I love the name Miss Jeeva. You're gonna see what she carries when you listen to the story. So first let's get to a couple reviews before we start in with Miss Jeeva. I wanna thank all of you who have been leaving reviews. It really makes a big difference on iTunes because it really helps to get the podcast up in the rankings so more people listen, so I make more goop tales. I want to thank Anon37, who left a review at the beginning of December that says it's labeled devoured. My seven-year-old has been devouring goop tales during this past week off of school. Thanks so much for all the work in creating such a robust library. We've enjoyed looking at the pictures online. Are the hidden goops still in the picture? We've been listening from the beginning and can't tell if the website has changed since then. Oh my gosh, such a good question, and I'm so glad you reminded me of that. So when Goop Tales first started, I did put little tiny hidden goops in the photos that are on the website. So on the website, there are photos that go with every story, and they're real photos of the real places around the world where Goop Tales take place. But at one point, I was hiding tiny goops in them, and then it wasn't going the direction I wanted, so we changed that. I can't remember up to what episode we did that. Probably only up to like maybe the 20th episode. They're not there anymore, but we're creating so many different ways now of interacting 
which include the listener-generated names and working on a couple new things behind the scenes for how you can get even more involved in creating your goop. I'd love to hear where you want them to go, what you want them to wear, what kind of hat they should have, and what they should carry. Thank you, Devoured, for writing that review. I have one more that I want to read. This one is from Big Fan. It says, hi, my name is Aspen. I have a goop for you. Her name is Game Bordia. Game Bordia is a young goop who always wants to play game boards, but during the game, she gets distracted and bored. Her friends always have to tell her when it's her turn, and she carries around a little Monopoly set. Please put this review in your next podcast. There you are, Aspen. I love that idea. You know, Maya, who lives with me, she's 10, and she does that same thing with game boards. She gets bored after about 10 minutes. So I think that's a really, really great idea. Thank you for that. Okay, if you have um, been inspired to draw a picture of a goop or somewhere that a goop goes, I would love it if you would get the adult or the grown-up in your life to post it on Instagram or Facebook and tag at Gooptails. And we will repost it on our Instagram and our Facebook. We've done this several times and all of the listeners love to see your artwork. So please, please do that. Let's see, what else? Okay, one more thing. I want to let everyone know that we got a mention on Feedspot's list of top 35 kids podcasts. So Feedspot, it's blog.feedspot.com forward slash kids podcasts, made a list of the top 35 kids podcasts. And we are at number 23, working our way to number one with your help. I just want to thank them for putting us on that list. That's so exciting. The more we get out there, the more I make goop tales. So thank you for that. All right. I think we are ready to take a trip to Ireland with little Miss Mischiva. So I will see you on the other side. Mischiva was so very, very merry, she would flit and float about like a fairy, always with a sparkle in her smile. She entertained with her own special style. But oh, how she loved a good prank. Sometimes so much you wanted to give her a yank. Chapter One. Once upon a time, there was an impish, yet endearing, little goop girl named Miss Chiba. She was never one to shy away from a good time. Miss Chiba's specialty was bringing out the silliness in everyone, even a curmudgeon. Getting other goops to smile and laugh was Miss Chiba's special talent. Once, when Joe Tantrum was ranting and raving and throwing a tantrum over a spilled bag of licorice all sorts, Miss Chiba gathered up the spilled candies, squished two of them into her eyes and three onto her teeth. 
Then she danced around. Joe Tantrum stopped mid-scream and began laughing hysterically as she watched Miss Chiba hop about with pink and white striped eyeballs. This was not what Joe Tantrum was expecting. Miss Chiva smiled to herself. She knew that if she could get Joe Tantrum distracted, she would forget all about her rage. And that is exactly what happened. One holiday season, Miss Chiva was out shopping with Kuti Kanto. They were inside of a very crowded shop full of fancy glass decorations and holiday delights. Kuri Kanto saw a mouse scurry across the shop floor and he flailed his arms about in alarm. Cooties, mouse, cooties, look, he said as he pointed at the mouse. Miss Chiva gave a sly little grin and immediately disappeared beneath a nearby Christmas tree and rolled a gold ball towards Cootie Kanto, who screamed even louder. Cooties, cooties, there's a mouse, he cried. Miss Chiva shook with laughter beneath the tree <laughs> until she couldn't hold still any longer and her tiny foot popped out from under the branches, giving her away. Cootie Kanto looked down and saw her foot and burst out laughing himself. I see you, he called out, and they both <laughs> curled over in giggles. When she behaved like this, Miss Jeeva was irresistible. But this sort of behavior was not always the case. Miss Jeeva had a small silver and blue striped blanket that was known as her mischief mat. When she went too far with her pranks, her mother banished her to her mischief mat. She could do anything she wanted as long as she stayed on her mat. Miss Jeeva spent many hours on her mischief mat and she always pretended that it was a magic carpet flying her to unknown lands full of adventure. Her mat also doubled as a towel, a hiding place, a blanket, and it had various other uses. Miss Chiva liked to have it with her at all times. One frosty December day, Miss Chiva met her goop friend, Afredo. They decided they were going to go sledding on a nearby mountain. Miss Chiva loved to go out with Afredo because it was so easy to get a reaction out of him. He was afraid of so many things and she knew she could easily give him a fright with one of her pranks. Miss Chiva got up extra early on their slutty day and she dragged two sleds up the mountain and placed both of them head down in the snow, burying the top halves. Then she hurried back to Afredo's house and knocked on the door. Come, Afredo. I have found an 
excellent spot on the mountain to go sledding, she exclaimed. I'm coming, I'm coming, said Afredo excitedly as he grabbed his teddy bear and clipped a flashlight to his head. Afredo liked to be prepared in case anything scary happened. The two of them set off through the snow and began to climb up the mountain where Miss Jeeva had placed the sleds. Come on, Afredo. If we go just a little bit further, we will get to the best sledding peak, said Miss Jeeva. Okay, but, but wait, we don't have a sled, said Afredo as he looked around. Miss Jeeva smiled to herself. Oh, we can use my mischief mat, she said, holding up her blue and silver striped blanket. Oh, good idea. I hope it works, said Afredo. Up the mountain they went until Miss Jeeva spotted her planted sleds. Then, with a gasp, she said, Oh my, what are those? As she pointed at the sleds. Afredo looked over at the two half-buried sleds and his face grew concerned. Miss Jeeva went over to the sleds and touched one. Oh my gosh, it looks like these sleds went head first into the snow. I wonder who was on them, she said. What do you mean, said Afredo. Well, it looks like someone was flying down the mountain and went right into the snow, head first. Miss Jeeva had to keep herself from laughing as she saw Afredo's fear increasing. I I don't want to go down. I don't want to sled down this mountain anymore, said a very anxious Afredo. Oh, come on. Don't be a chicken, taunted Miss Jeeva. I'm not a chicken. I just don't want to sled down. I I want to walk, replied Afredo, who was on the verge of tears. Miss Jeeva burst out laughing. (laughs) Oh, Afredo, you are afraid of everything. Watch me, she said as she rolled out her mischief mat and hopped on. Miss Jeeva began to sled down the mountain with Afredo watching her. Her pace picked up quickly and she soon resembled a flying snowball. A snowball that disappeared into the snow without a trace. Miss Jeeva vanished. Chapter Two. Miss Jeeva rolled and rolled, gaining speed and spinning around so quickly that everything she saw was a blur. Her mischief mat was wrapped tightly around her with only her head protruding. It wasn't until she hit a large hard stone that she came to a screeching halt. Ouch, said Miss Jeeva, as she reached her hand out and rubbed her head. After unrolling herself from her mat, she stood up and looked around. She was in a lush green garden surrounded by seven stones that extended from the ground 
and pointed skywards. They formed a circle that surrounded Miss Chiba, who instantly went into high alert. After eyeing the stones up and down, Miss Chiba slowly started to walk towards the tallest, most slender stone. Upon reaching it, she held her hand to the smooth, cold surface and leaned against it. I'm on solid ground, she thought to herself. Are you sure about that? She heard a voice say back to her. Miss Chiva quickly pulled herself away from the stone and looked around. Who said that? She called out. There was no answer. Am I hearing things? She said aloud as she turned her gaze from one stone to the other. The stones had a mysterious air about them, as if they were alive. Miss Jeeva walked outside the stones and slowly circled around them, eyeing them all the while. Something was awry. She walked back over to the tall, slender stone and leaned against it again. This time, she asked, Am I on solid ground? As she pressed her ear to the stone. Now that is the better question to ask, she heard in response. Miss Chiva couldn't believe it. She was actually communicating with a stone. She scurried over to one of the other stones and leaned against it. Can you hear me? She whispered. I can, my dear, she heard back. Miss Chiva smiled in delight. She went to the next stone and leaned her ear in. Where am I? She asked. Blarney Castle, answered a sweet voice. Miss Chiva's eyes danced in her head as she burst with excitement. The thought of talking to seven stones was beyond anything she had ever imagined. She was enthralled and wanted to make contact with the remaining four. At stone number four, she hugged the stone and said, You're magical. Will you be my friend? I am, and I will, replied the stone. Miss Chiba then skipped over to stone number five. Are you full of wisdom? She asked as she pressed her ear up against the fifth stone. Why, yes, I am. And so are my sisters, save but one who has been cursed. Beware, but help her, said the stone in a cautious voice. Miss Jeeva pulled away from the fifth stone with a jolt. She felt a little shudder travel down her spine. Cursed? What did the fifth stone mean by that? Miss Jeeva wanted to distance herself from the fifth stone, not because she was mad at her, but because her tone seemed a bit ominous. It was with great trepidation and caution that Miss Jeeva approached the sixth stone. Could this be the cursed stone? And if it was, what would she do? She glanced over at the seventh stone. There were two stones that she hadn't yet spoken to. 
Was one really cursed? And if so, which one was it? And what kind of help did she need? Miss Chiva stared at the remaining two stones. She wanted to connect to both of them and unlock the curse and the secrets of these stones, but she wasn't sure how. She slowly walked over to the sixth stone and ever so gently pressed herself up against it. Then she whispered, What secret are you hiding? There was no reply. Mischiva waited in silence for a few very still moments, and then she asked, Do you have a secret? Still, there was no response. Mischiva was confused. She pulled herself away and went over to the final stone, the seventh stone. She stood still, staring at it for a good while, and then she gently pressed her body against the stone with her right ear on it. Tell me, stone, do you have a secret? For a moment, it was silent. And then the stone hissed. Mischiva stayed pressed to the stone, but she felt like her eyes would pop out of her head. She had to unlock this mystery. What is your secret? She asked ever so tentatively. The stone grew hot, so hot that Mischiva tried to pull away, only she couldn't. Chapter 3 Mischiva's whole body felt like it was on fire. The stone was blazing hot now, and the heat was seeping through the stone straight into Mischiva. With all her might, Mischiva pushed herself away from the seventh stone until she landed on the ground, panting. She stared back at the stone. It just stood there, looking so simple and innocent. She looked down at her palms. They were bright red, and she could still feel the heat emanating from them. After a few deep breaths, Miss <gasps> Jeeva picked herself up and bravely walked over to the fifth stone again. Ever so carefully, she touched the stone. It was cool and smooth, so Mischiva pressed herself against it once more. I found your cursed sister, she whispered, and I have also found your sister, who doesn't speak. How can I help? It was several moments before the stone responded. No one had ever asked her how they could help her for over 200 years. The stone wanted to weep, only she had no water for tears. Finally, she said, let me tell you a story, listen closely. And Miss Jeeva pressed her ear even closer to the stone. The fifth stone told Miss Jeeva the story of how her seventh sister was cursed and why her sixth 
sister, no longer spoke. Myself and my six sisters have lived here at Blarney Castle for over a thousand years. We are known throughout Ireland as the Seven Sisters. At one time, many years ago, there were nine of us. We had two brothers, and together we all formed a druid circle. The King of Munster ruled the lands years ago, and we were placed here to represent his seven daughters and two sons. One day, the king went to battle with his two sons to defend his lands, and although they won the battle, the king's two sons were killed. The king was so distraught that he sent three men from his army to the druid circle, and he instructed them to push over the two stones that represented his sons. The men did as they were told, but one of them was a traitor and a spy for the king's enemy. He was a member of the army that had just been defeated. The traitor hung back in the druid circle of all of us, the seven sisters, after the other two soldiers had journeyed on. The traitor came to each one of us and tried to push us over, but he could not do it alone. By the time he got to my fifth sister, he was enraged. He slammed against her and shouted, You will never have a voice. And then he went to my sixth sister, the smallest of us all, and he cursed her. You will be full of darkness for all of your days. These curses were very powerful and two of the king's daughters were marked for the rest of their lives. One could not speak, and the other lived a short and dark life. These curses have remained on my stone sisters for over 200 years since the battle of the King of Munster. One of my sisters cannot communicate with the rest of us, and the other is overtaken by darkness. Miss Jeeva listened carefully to every word that the stone said. Her heart swelled with sadness for the two stone sisters that sat here at Blarney Castle for years, unable to connect with their stone siblings. I must do something. I must to help you. Tell me, how can I break this curse? She said, there is only one way. You must go and kiss the Blarney Stone up at the castle. And once you have kissed it, you must come back and kiss each one of us immediately after. I can do that. I can. Where is this Blarney Stone? She is up at the castle behind you. She is not easy to reach. Once you have kissed her, she will bestow upon you the gift eloquent speech, and you will want to speak and speak. You must be very mindful of that. Your speech will have great power. I'm sure I can do that, laughed Miss Chiva. But there is one more thing I must tell you. Lean close 
said the stone. So Miss Jeeva pressed her ear closely into the stone and listened. It isn't just the Blarney Stone that holds magical powers. The traitor to King Munster was turned into a stone after he was found out. He is now on the grounds of Blarney Castle and moves about and changes form. If you were to step on him, he would try to bring you under his spell, and he is very powerful. I I won't step on any stones then, said Miss Jeeva as she looked around. I'm afraid that would be impossible, my dear. The way to the castle is covered with stones, as is the castle. Miss Jeeva bravely picked up her mischief mat and looked up at the castle. I can do this, she said to herself, and took her first step towards the castle. Her foot landed on a stone. Chapter 4 Miss Jeeva stood still, her heart beating. She was barely breathing. Nothing happened. It seemed this stone was not the traitor. As she looked around, she saw stones everywhere. I will just be very diligent, she told herself, and I will walk between the stones. Then she carefully and ever so slowly began to take tiny steps, avoiding all the stones surrounding the castle. It was a very tedious process, and Miss Jeeva soon grew distracted. She was in the mood to rustle up a little mischief. She reached down and picked up an odd-shaped stone on the ground and lifted it high in the air, and then she threw it. As she watched the stone sailing across the air, she had an odd feeling. Did the stone change shape mid-air? Miss Jeeva walked over to it and looked down. If I remember correctly, this stone was more of an oval, and now it looks like a circle, she thought to herself. She picked up the stone again and threw it once more. Upon examining the stone after landing, Miss Jeeva was quite sure it had changed shapes again. Now it was a stone that came to a sharp point on one end. She threw it again, and this time it landed with the point digging into the dirt. Miss Jeeva went over and tried to pick it up, but she couldn't dislodge it from the dirt. She pulled and tugged, but still nothing. In a moment of great frustration, Miss Jeeva stood up and began kicking at the stone with her foot. On the third kick, her foot landed firmly on top of the stone. She looked down at her foot on the stone and felt a force running through her tiny body. Then Miss Jeeva 
looked up at Blarney Castle and remembered her mission. She was so close. She needed to get away from this stone and up to the castle to kiss the Blarney Stone. She tried to pull her foot off of the sharp pointed stone, but it wouldn't budge. She was stuck to it. Surely this was the stone that had been the traitor to the king. Miss Cheva grunted and tugged and pulled with all her might, but her foot still wouldn't move. Not being able to stand it any longer, she glared down at the stone and called out, I know who you are. Your spell won't work on me. The stone moved ever so slightly, but Miss Cheva still could not move her foot despite all her efforts. Take me with you and I will release you, hissed the stone. Miss Cheva thought about what the stone said for a moment. He wanted to visit the Blarney Stone with her. What, what harm can he do? He's just a stone, she thought. Okay, I will take you. But after we arrive at the Blarney Stone, I am going to leave you as you wish, murmured the stone. And he released his grasp on Miss Jeeva's foot. Instantly, she could move again. And she thought of running away from the stone to the castle, but she chose not to. She wanted to honor her word. So she reached down and picked up the now oval-shaped stone and slipped it into her pocket. Soon they arrived at the Blarney Stone, high up in the castle and surrounded by metal bars with the earth far below. Miss Jeeva immediately grabbed onto the metal bars and lowered herself as close to the Blarney Stone as she could, but it was not close enough. She had to maneuver herself into a very precarious position, whereby she was hanging upside down. Grasping the bars as tightly as she could, Miss Jeeva stretched her arms and head down towards the stone and quickly kissed it. The moment she did, she lost her grip and fell head first towards the earth below. The traitor stone was still in her pocket and he called out, use your voice, it has power. Without a moment to lose, Miss Jeeva called out, mischief mat, fly and catch me. Having a flying mischief mat had been a dream of Miss Jeeva's for years and now it was coming true. Her blue and silver blanket immediately unrolled and became a flying carpet that caught Miss Chiba. Feeling very grateful, Miss Chiba felt for the trader stone in her pocket, but it was gone. It had fallen and was plummeting to the earth. Miss Chiba felt badly. The stone had helped her and now she wanted to help it. Trader stone, become a bird now. The stone instantly became a black crow, which was very appropriate, thought Miss Chiba. Fly me to the seven sisters, she commanded her flying mat, and off they went. 
Miss Jeeva circled around the stones on her mat, kissing each one. On her final kiss, the seventh stone exclaimed in joy, Thank you! Thank you! Now I can be with my sisters. And the sixth stone sang, You are a delight! You never give up on our fight. I thank you with all my heart. Things look so bleak, but thanks to you, now I can speak. Once she had finished kissing the stones, a large black crow flew through the sky, motioning for Miss Jeeva to follow him. And she did. Her mat flew her through the clouds, and she landed on the other side in her living room. Miss Jeeva immediately stood up, looked around, and said, I must tell Alfredo. But he was nowhere to be found. He was caught in a devil's cauldron deep in Ecuador. But that is a tale for another time. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Goop Tales and the trip to Blarney Castle. I wanted to let you know that in during my research for this, that in fact, I found that there really is the circle of the seven sisters. There really is the story of the King of Munster who lost his two sons, the two brothers out of battle. So they pushed down two stones. That part of the legend is in fact, not something I created. I just took a lot of creative license around it. I hope you do that too in your life every day. When you're walking outside in the world, when you're looking at things in your home, just use your imagination. It makes everything so much more fun. And I know you all have great imaginations because you're writing me in fantastic ideas and you're leaving me the best messages. Hi, Maria. I'm Zara. I really like Goop Tales, and here's my Goop name. Hi, Maria. My name is Lucinda, and I have a new Goop name. Hi, Maria. I am May, and I have ideas for a new Goop. My Goop name is Gardener. Her name is Rockarina. Impatienta. Stubbornella and Sleepalina. Her name is Thinkalina. She thinks about everything before she does it. Cookalina and Cooker, their brother and sister. Think too hardo. He, as his name suggests, he thinks way, way, way too hard. And he has like this little honker. He carries around hobo stick. She carries around a, a whistle. She loves sweets and she's in a wheelchair. And she has lots of lollipops and she never stops eating sleep. sweet. He has a top hat with a big X on it. She loves animals. He doesn't like hearing what everyone says. Blah, 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 blah. Chased it for, for three days. Her mom was so scared and she got grounded. Even when all her friends are, she's like, Mm-mm, I'm not going to do it. I want them to go to a bowling alley and they get chased by bowling and meet a blue bowling ball. This is the best podcast 
ever. And please, 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 please put this in a podcast. I think it would be super cool and interesting to all those other goop lovers. For those of you who don't know, you can leave me a message on SpeakPipe, which is just an app that's at gooptales.com. And it's right there on the side of every page. You just press it and then you can speak whatever you want. And then every couple weeks I go through and I respond to all of them. So if you left a message and you haven't heard back from me yet, it is coming. And I just want to thank you all for doing that. That is it for this episode. Next time we're going to go with Mr. Afredo to the devil's cauldron, which sounds kind of scary. I guess you'll have to wait and see if it is. So until the next time, I'm wishing all of you, dear listeners, a very, very happy holiday season. I hope all your dreams come true. And I so look forward to a brand new year in 2021 with all of you and so many more. So I will see you in the next Goop Tale. 